Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome to our weekly Gentleman's Hour today on Trending. And I'm throwing the lines open. I'd love to hear from you this hour. There has been a fascinating phenomena of a man by the name of Andrew Tate. You may know him from his boxing career, or you may know him, as many young people do today, from social media, particularly TikTok, although he's been banned on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook for his misogynistic claims. But I've been riveted by this man, Andrew Tate, who has things to say that are truthful, things to say that are outright crass and outrageous, uh, and things to say that, yes, are misogynistic. We could go on and on, but we're going to talk about Andrew Tate. If you know who Andrew Tate is, if your kids, and by the way, maybe your kid's in the car right now, your high schooler, maybe even middle school age, ask them what they think about Andrew Tate. Fascinating. Give me a call if you uh, get an answer for me. You can also write me now on social media. I'm live on Instagram. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. The number is 1-888-914-9149. We'll get to Andrew Tate in a bit, but this whole gentleman's hour really circles around the topic of toxic masculinity and the culture we live in. Now, it's gentleman's hour, and gentlemen, if you're sick of being called toxic, I'm sick of you guys being called toxic too. But I think there are important moments where we talk about why are men receiving the rap of toxic masculinity. Justifiably so, not justifiably so. I've discussed regularly here on Trending when the American Psychological Association came out saying that to be masculine is toxic. That was absolutely wrong. They talked about things such as stoicism, uh, which is this ability to kind of endure and, and handle things without, you know, giving in, without uh, without complaining, without uh, without kind of um, the need to tell everyone what's happening. And they complained that stoicism was toxic. They complained that the desire to protect or provide was toxic. They claimed the ideas such as strength are toxic. These stereotypical masculine things are actually really great things about men. The American Psychological Association actually labeled as toxic. And I was fascinated by this uh, a few years ago. I guess this was, man, even longer than that, maybe four years ago, uh, 2019-ish and 2020. And you saw a number of universities at the same time labeling to be a man is toxic. But then you have stories such as Andrew Tate, who has things to say that are very truthful and has things to say that are delivered horribly in 
lives very disgusting things in his life. We'll talk about that later on. But before we go there, again, I want to hear your thoughts. 1-888-914-9149 or share them live now on Instagram, social media. Follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. What about some of what we're seeing in culture is toxic masculinity? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. We're going to talk about sexually transmitted diseases from the male perspective today. Uh, That's right. We're going to monkeypox for a moment, but we won't spend much time on it because it's not worth spending that much time on it. We'll also answer some questions, your questions. But I was reading an article recently about a story that happened over the summer. Well, it's actually been developing the last couple of years in Australia. There is this all boys grammar school in Australia that it costs about $35,000 a year in order to attend. Well, it ended up coming out, a notice was sent out to parents, the authorities were contacted, that there were a couple hundred boys in this online platform that were engaging in conversations that were outright shocking and despicable. And the shocking, shocking content. We're talking about age 14 year old boys, so basically freshmen, going to Knox Grammar School in north of Sydney. And people have labeled some of what they were saying misogynistic, sexist, homophobic. And so I was always hesitant when someone labels something as sexist or homophobic uh, to kind of question whether or not it actually was. But if you actually read some of the comments that were in this online chat room, it is astounding what was being said by these 14-year-old boys for the last two years. So they're 14 now. So what, it started maybe around when they were 12 years old? And things that they shouldn't even know about. And they were talking about things so crassly as talking about raping babies, uh, saying vulgar things about women, saying vulgar things about boys uh, being sexually assaulted. The crassness to which was said in this chat room on Discord by early, early and preteen boys was astounding. And I think this is an example of this crisis of, quote, toxic masculinity. When people were, if someone was to actually put a label on what toxic masculinity is, it is utter disrespect of self and others. And it's not just toxic masculinity, it's depravity of the human person. We're depraved, we have nothing of substance to offer. What's so sad is that we're talking about 14-year-old boys. Now, I was reading an article that was sent to me by my producer, John, about this whole idea of where fatherhood plays a role in the responsibility of what was said online about, in general, by these 14-year-old boys. And part of the claim of this article posed the idea that where children are involved, there's always someone else to blame. In other words, if a child is involved, you can't just blame the child. You have to blame the parent, the school teacher, the school, whoever it might be. So Knox Grammar School, this highly expensive $35,000 a year school, uh, at first was in part being blamed and then parents are being blamed and fathers are being blamed. And I think that across the board, what it points to is that young boys are trying to find their identity. They're trying to figure out a way to communicate with one another, to communicate about their sexuality, to communicate about their desires and interests in women or not in women, about politics. And it seems to me that it's pretty obvious that young boys, one, are lacking role models, and young boys, two, don't know how to communicate because what they're saying is 
highly, highly inappropriate. Now, this isn't something just happening in Australia, far off land where those hillbillies live. Some people might joke. I'm kidding, right? Australia has that joke of a reputation because that's where they used to send convicts many, many years ago. That's not what I think. But someone might be thinking that. No, this is an American problem. We are just as crass in America. I have had many parents contact me about the shocking things that are going on on places such as Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram and other social media platforms by young boys. What they are okay and not okay with saying. And there really isn't anything that doesn't go in terms of crass conversation. And this is going to bring me a little later to Andrew Tate, because I think all of this really flows in together with this desire for male models, not models, but like models, role models, male role models, and that we're living in a time where young boys are reaching out side to side, front to back, and they're going... What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to talk like a man? To sound like a man? To give this persona to other people that I'm in? This is what young boys are asking today. And it's at a point, I think, in the culture that is particularly poignant as we hear some people saying that, well, if you believe in boys being boys, that's patriarchy, that's misogynistic, that's sexist. Yes, actually, no matter what, if you believe that boys and girls are different, that is automatically sexist because that means you believe there's a difference between men and women, boys and girls, the female and male anatomy, the female and male brain, the female and male physiology, which is all proven scientifically, biologically, neuroscience, in terms of neuroscience across the board. So from the get-go, if you believe there's a difference between male and female that is going to be labeled as sexist. So this is the challenge. I think young boys today are saying, okay, I either believe that there's a difference between men and women and therefore I am sexist. So I'm going to own that and just sound like an absolute jerk. And I think that's something that Andrew Tate is doing. He believes in differences between men and women, obviously. Uh, he advocates for the nuclear family, even though he's living a disgusting lifestyle that does not orient in that direction. And many of the things he says about women wouldn't build up that culture. However, again, he gives one example of where young boys and young men today are drawing that line in the sand. If I'm going to believe that there's a difference between men and women, then yes, I am a sexist. Yes, I am a patriarch, which is correct because the proper definition of patriarchy is a male leader of a family or a home. But what we don't agree with is misogynistic comments that are degrading, belittling, and outright offensive and rude toward women. And I think that that's the problem. Boys and young men today think... If I'm going to say I as a boy or I as a man am different from you as a woman or a young female, then I can just sound as crass as I want. And on social media, that actually gets likes. That gets laughs. That actually goes viral when you say something so offensive. And I think this was Andrew Tate's strategy on social media. This is why he became so famous before he was canceled on TikTok in particular, but YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. 
Because he said, okay, I believe there's a difference between men and women. Hello, duh, most people actually do who aren't afraid to say that. But he's saying, if I'm going to go to that direction of saying there's a difference between men and women, well, then there's an extreme to which I can just go ahead and let loose and say whatever the heck I want. Because it's a sign of strength in his eyes, a sign of masculinity to just insult and say filthy things. And it's also a sign of strength in his eyes to say what he thinks and what he believes, which again, clearly he believes in the nuclear family. We'll play a little bit of what his thoughts are in just a minute. And I want to get your thoughts on this. It's a gentleman's hour. What are your thoughts on Andrew Tate? What are your thoughts on what, quote, toxic masculinity is? I want to come to also how this is all connected to the STD epidemic, because it is significant. Latest statistics are astounding. We know sexually transmitted diseases have been on the rise. So here's the deal. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But currently on the line is Dave from Salt Lake City. He has a comment about toxic masculinity. Dave, welcome to Trending. What's your comment or question today? Hey, how are you guys doing today? Great, thank you. Awesome. So I just wanted to make two points. Uh, The first point is there's really no such thing as toxic masculinity masculinity because the definition of toxicity has to do with more biology uh too much of something so too much oxygen in the blood or too much water in the system that is that that is what toxicity is it it doesn't make sense to be say someone is that masculine that doesn't even make rational sense um a couple other points one is i find it interesting just looking at american history that you know, all of this stems, the misogyny or, you know, the toxic masculinity movement stems from liberal women who grew up in the sexual revolution. And ironically, that started to happen after women got the right to vote. If men took their duties, women took over, and then all this happened. That's um, Roger Tate. I love the guy. I think he lives in Romania, and he... He tells it like it is, and he even said that this is a Western phenomenon. Uh, I think he also said, and I quote, outside the West, women know their place, and that's in the home. Interesting. Okay, so so many things you said. I agree with you when you talk about toxic masculinity. There's no such thing in respect of toxic masculinity. It almost makes it sound as if a human being is diseased or ill or contagious, which we do have that perspective, both pre-COVID and post-COVID, uh, where we have this diseased or grossed out view of the human person based on vaccine status or not, based on the capacity to be ill. But again, it comes back to that idea that we're talking about human beings as toxic. But you came to a point which I do want to drill down on just a little bit. You had a comment about part of the problem with this idea of toxic masculinity and this confusion breakdown among men goes back to a women's right to vote in the sexual revolution. I agree with you with regard to the sexual revolution. And I'd be interested to hear you explain a little bit more why you think a woman's right to vote has led to this crisis of masculinity. Or just an observation that I've made, because once, um, specifically in America, once women had the right to vote, um, they kept pushing for more and more. You have first wave feminism, which is, you know, equal rights, and that's all fine and good. And then you've got all these other waves of feminism that came off of that because, I don't know, maybe there was no regulation. I don't know how the female mind works. But um, 
for whatever reason, women kept voting and kept pushing for more liberal ideals. And then the sexual revolution happened. Um, could be that somewhere down the line, you know, part, part of getting the right to sending or vote. Mm-hmm. Right. Modesty laws and Right. You know, I I hear what you're saying, and I know this is a controversial topic and it's going to ruffle some feathers, but the fact when women had the right to vote with first wave feminism, it did change things. We can't ignore it. You know, people see that progression of first wave feminism into third wave feminism. Are they the same? No. But did it happen that when uh, women stepped into the voting realm, things did change? Yes. Initially, women wanted to vote to help portray the family experience because men were not doing as great of a job, as you mentioned, uh, at portraying in advocating for the needs of the family and the home. And I think that, you know, the whole voting issue, my husband and I were actually debating this the other day. Uh, My sister, we were all having a debate about whether or not women should vote. It's a controversial and fun topic. That would be a fun one for sure one of these days. But I don't think you can put the cat back in the bag. Ideally, in a perfect world, um, yes, there would be a family vote like there used to be where the men voted and represented the whole family and they took into consideration the needs of the family, the needs of the community, and the man had a sense of responsibility and solidarity. And so when you point to a woman's right to vote and early feminism being a part of this transition into toxic masculinity, I think that that toxic masculinity was already beginning, which is why women were speaking up. There were women who didn't want a right to vote because they trusted and believed and supported their spouse their husband being that representative for the family being that bulldog of a fighter for the family i think that's part of what we've lost and also part of what the culture tries to call toxic when men strongly and boldly and passionately and respectfully because that's necessary stand up for their families but one last thing i am curious dave on your thoughts you said you love andrew tate why do you love andrew tate for those who are just joining us andrew tate is has become quite the social media phenomena influencer. Uh, he has been a world champion boxer, and he has become quite the influencer, really influencing it in particular, young men, even high school and middle-aged young men on the topic of max- masculinity. But he's been canceled on everything from TikTok and Instagram to Facebook and YouTube. Why, Matt, do you, or sorry, Dave, do you like Andrew Tate and love what he says? Well, I actually discovered him recently, like very, very recently. I've only watched like a couple of his YouTube videos, but I mean, he's, he's a guy that I can actually, actually, you know, look up to. He tells it like it is. He's not afraid to say what he's mind, which I can definitely, definitely relate to because I'm challenging the women's right to vote here. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah. And um, you know, he's, you know, he lives outside of the West and I was, you know, for a good part of my life, I was raised in India. And a lot of what he says in terms of how, um, you know, how other women outside of the West, outside of these far left liberal groups in America live is in other countries, he's pointed out. And I've seen this right. firsthand. Different perspective. You know, yeah, feminists in India think. Right. Right. I, I, th- I do think that's true that in 
non-Western, in the non-developed world, we do say that women do have a greater sense of family. And although not perfect, uh, but again, a greater sense of family. I think this sexual revolution has really swept the world. But even interesting, you know, looking to places such as Africa, although, you know, again, they have polygamy among other things that are very problematic we do see a greater sense of understanding of differences between men and women in family roles, which are very important and which the Catholic Church advocates for. But I do find it interesting that you, Dave, just like many people, especially young people today, are riveted and enjoy Andrew Tate because he tells it how it is, like you said. He's not afraid to speak his mind. And some people think he's a guy to look up to, which I want to talk a little bit about him and what he thinks and what he represents and says in just a little bit, as well as why he's been canceled. Very fascinating. But if you want to join the conversation today, the number is 1-888-914-9149. We're talking about the idea of toxic masculinity. Love to hear your thoughts on former boxer and social media influencer Andrew Tate, who has been captivating male audiences across the nation for a short period of time, but with a very large impact. I'll be right back here on Trending Numbers 1-888-914-9149. Or ask your question now on social media. Follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. Our studio line is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with health insurance during 2023 open enrollment. Visit relevantradio.com slash forester. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Ooh, you struck a nerve as we started talking about a women's right to vote during Gentleman's Hour. That's a topic we'll have to dive into more another day. But we're talking about toxic masculinity today. I disagree that APA, the American Psychological Association, was wrong. I've said it from the beginning years ago when they came out, along with other universities, saying so that masculinity is toxic. But then you have people such as Andrew Tate, who has been quite the phenomenon on social media, former boxer, social media influencer who blew up out of nowhere but has since been completely canceled on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, yet many young people are living their lives following him. In fact, I just want to share a little story. I actually know someone who is not proposing to his girlfriend, not proposing to his girlfriend after an intended and basically like planned out staged and timed imminent engagement, having the ring and everything, he's not proposing because he has basically become a worshiper of Andrew Tate when it comes to masculinity. There's a lot that Andrew Tate does get right about masculinity, but there's a whole lot that Andrew Tate gets wrong. He's crass. He's filthy. He obviously lives very filthy dimensions of his own lifestyle. If you don't know who he is, I'll share a little bit more about him in a bit. But again, if you have a thought on Andrew Tate, I would love to hear your thoughts. And if you have a teenager, ask your teenagers what they think about Andrew Tate, because trust me, they know who he is and they will have an opinion. And many young boys think he's great as a caller we just had said. He's like, love the guy. He's someone you can look up to. It says how it is. He's not afraid to speak his mind. And he talks about the differences between Western women and women in other places where there's a greater understanding of the role within the family and the differences between men and women. 
So fascinating topic. I do want to relate this whole thing to sexually transmitted diseases as well, because if you haven't heard the latest reports from the CDC, our latest numbers show that there's been a 26% rise in syphilis infections reported last year. This is prompting medical officials in the United States to look for new forms of prevention and treatment. I'll just let you know from the get-go, condoms don't protect you. Quote, unquote, safe sex doesn't protect you. Just being really blunt, there's fluid. It goes other places. That little itty bitty condom is not going to take care of everything, especially when we get into the level of experimentation that we get into. Sorry to be blunt about it, but we have to be for just a moment here. Because there's a lie that, well, if I'm having quote unquote protected sex, I'm fine, which people think anything from being protected from a possible baby via hormonal contraception or through some form of a barrier method that you're protected. Uh, But that's just not the rate. And this is obviously clear that sex ed programs are not working. Infection rates from STDs continue to skyrocket. Gonorrhea, syphilis, HIV, you name it. HIV saw 16% rise last year. You can die from HIV. I mean, do people actually realize this? And now you're hearing this crisis about monkeypox. Well, at least with monkeypox, we know just don't do anything with the person of the same sex, particularly if you're a man and you should be just fine. But this is the truth of the matter. Monkeypox is essentially a sexually transmitted disease as well because it's only occurring among men who are engaging in sexual activity with other men. What does this have to do with the topic of toxic masculinity today? This is what it has to do. Men are, in comparison to women, hardly impacted by a sexually transmitted disease. You can be a carrier, you can pass it on, but often never show or experience any symptoms. Do men experience symptoms from sexually transmitted diseases as well? Yes, but not as often, not as common, and not permanent the way in which women do. We've talked about it here regularly on Trending. A woman can permanently lose her fertility from a sexually transmitted disease. A woman can permanently be sterilized. Women can have permanent fallout. Some of those painful experiences women have gone through are the freezing and defrosting of their very own female anatomy in order to kill off sexually transmitted diseases and STIs. And this is a phenomenon that no one's talking about because men usually walk away unscathed, infecting and contracting, but not experiencing the fallout. Why is this epidemic of STDs that's on the rise so problematic? Well, I find it interesting that we're finally hearing more about sexually transmitted diseases when finally, guess who's actually experiencing more symptoms? Men. Again, I'm not here to man shame during Gentleman's Hour, but I do think it's interesting. The argument has always gone like this. If men were the ones who would have body parts Swelling and unswelling at rates at which women do using hormonal contraception. If men were the ones to experience mood swings, weight changes, blood clotting, and the rate in which women do from taking hormonal contraception as a side effect, we wouldn't have hormonal contraception. We probably also wouldn't have abortion either. But because women are willing to endure these things, we do. But all of a sudden you hear about an outbreak of basically a sexually transmitted disease that's hitting men harder than most sexually transmitted diseases do. Now we're hearing that it's a big deal. Even though skyrocketing 
crippling rates of gonorrhea, syphilis, chlamydia have been around, especially, especially rising over the last five years, but rising in general. Gentlemen, when we talk about sexually transmitted diseases, it's not something that's being taken seriously enough. And I hear someone such as Andrew Tate, and we're finally going to come to him in just a minute. I hear people admiring young men and men of faith, men of principle admiring Andrew Tate because Andrew Tate has some good things to say. He has some truthful things to say. But at the same time, he is living such a sexually promiscuous lifestyle. He's telling young men, if you're not married, don't get married. Don't commit. Why would you? Again, I shared with you recently, I know someone who has been in a long-term relationship who is not proposing to his girlfriend who's had the ring, planned the time of the engagement because he's a worshiper of Andrew Tate. Loves what Andrew Tate has to say about how badly he should treat women. Yet at the same time, Andrew Tate is saying that marriage is important, that women should have babies, and believes in the family unit. We'll talk about that more in just a little bit. But I want to talk to, talk to Robert. Robert's calling from Plainfield, Plainfield, Illinois, and he has a comment about toxic masculinity. Welcome to Trending, Robert. What's your comment today? Hi, Zimri. Thank you so much for answering my call, first off. Um, yeah, my my opinion is probably maybe a little challenging, um, but I believe that the more women, at least modern women in the United States, you know, I can only comment on, you know, everything back here at home, the more that modern women stray from the virtue of Mary and everything that she represents, mm -hmm. the less respect that men have for women. And that's what we see with, like you said, the young boys in Australia, um, you know, making these really misogynistic remarks, terrible things. Quite honestly, it didn't surprise me when you said that at all, because when I was around that age, that was pretty commonplace. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, unfortunately, you know, men, especially particularly from the media and, you know, the liberal media, the left, whatever you want to call it, men are told that we don't matter. Mm. Especially you see a mm -hmm. phrase like no uterus, no opinion. Right. You know, right. and it's disgusting and it's, it's really disheartening and sad for me. And I'm sure many other men, I only speak for myself really, but, you know, women need to be better is kind of what I'm, you know, <laughs> really getting at. Rob, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I don't think we can blame women for how men are acting, but I do think that it's very clear that the virtue of our women shows the virtue of our men, and vice versa. I remember some years ago when I read a quote from Dostoevsky, the Russian author, and in fact, St. John Paul II was quoting him. And St. John Paul II was quoting Dostoevsky, where Dostoevsky was talking about how beauty would save the world. And when St. John Paul II was talking about this, he was addressing that it was women who would save the world. And I was so offended at first hearing this, thinking, okay, so beauty will save the world. So you're saying the beautiful women will save the world. But this whole idea of what it means to be beautiful has been completely flipped on its back in the 21st and 20th century. We used to understand beauty going hand in hand with the value, dignity, and virtue of the woman. And when you made the comment, Robert, that 
the further that Western women, particularly women in the United States, fall from the virtues of Mary. And I know this is a specifically Catholic perspective, but the further women fall from the virtues of Mary, the less respect they receive from men. It's true because you can judge any culture and any civilization by its women. This has been known historically for years. Look at the culture. Look at the dignity. Look at how women interact and you will see how the men respond. I have a dear friend who uh, went to uh, St. Mary's when it was all girls school next to Notre Dame that was all boys. You know, the St. Mary's and Notre Dame University when Notre Dame was all boys still. She dated one of the highest um, playing football players there. I um, a really, really, really talented. This was years ago, back around the 60s, and, 60s, 70s. And she held to a strong Catholic view. She jokes, I'm the only person who, I found the only Catholic, and here I was dating, sorry, I was a Catholic and I found the only non-Catholic. And she also fell in love with this man who lived a promiscuous lifestyle and he wanted more from her. He wanted sexual intimacy from her and she towed the line. No, no, no. She towed the line and as he was kind of off doing his thing, as they were dating, she continued to toe the line and have expectations. Did it take time? Yes. Was he perfect? No. Am I saying that you should put up with bad behavior? No. But what we saw in her story is that with time, he learned to honor and respect her and also learned what he actually wanted in someone to date and who he actually wanted to marry, who he wanted to be the mother of his children, and who he wanted to be in that long-lasting permanent marriage with. And I think that that speaks volumes to the culture we live in. Men will rise to the occasion of the expectations that women place on them. But when we live in a culture where women say, I don't need a man, and your opinion as a man doesn't matter, of me or of anyone else, well, yeah, we have men who are floundering. Is it women's fault? No. But do we also reap what we sow? Absolutely. And so I think these are really important perspectives to throw out there. And I think especially with so many single men and women today, if you want to get married, you need to be who you want to marry, that virtuous individual. Gentlemen, if you agree with what Robert said about the fact that men will, men have lost respect for women because women have fallen further away from the virtues of virginity, well, you need, or of Mary, you need to uphold those same virtues. So what are some of the virtues of Mary? Number one, virginity, virginity, faithfulness to your vocation, chastity. Number two, Honoring and respecting the gift of motherhood and fatherhood and how you conduct yourself, how you interact with other human beings. Our Lady was humble. Our Lady was faithful. Look at all of the gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit. The 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit, the seven gifts of of the Holy Spirit. Look at them, study them because we know Our Lady was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what she personified. This is what she oozed out in her being. Modesty, chastity, those are ones, you know, again, relating to sexual morality, but also temperance, prudence, courage, fortitude, all of these things, which is what we should embody if that's the type of person we want to interact with. And maybe you're married already. 
Maybe you wish that your spouse was more so that, that virtuous individual will become the virtuous individual that you want your spouse to be and your spouse will grow with you. I, I guarantee it. Easily and in the time you want, not necessarily. Not necessarily. It might take years. But this also speaks volumes to why it's so important, why, why we're talking about the types of people that we marry, who we choose to marry, who we choose to set as our models, as our guide for what sort of choices we're going to make. If we look at a, take our worldview and it falls outside of the Catholic worldview, we're not going to find ourselves very happy. And this is why we're going to come in just a moment to Andrew Tate, the boxer and the social media phenomenon and influencer in just a moment here on Trinity. If you have a question or a thought, I'd love to hear from you. 1-888-914-9149. It's our weekly gentleman's hour open line. Love to hear from you. You can also comment live now on Instagram or on social media. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. talking about what you're thinking about you're listening to trending with timory on relevant radio and the relevant radio app welcome back to our weekly gentlemen's hour today on trending okay we're finally going to talk about andrew tate i know i keep saying i will i want to hear your thoughts on him 1-888-914-9149 i know patrick's going to help grab some of those comments that people have made on social media and put them in my notes so i can look at them but if you have a comment about andrew tate the boxer social media influencer canceled like so many other people give me a call 1-888-914-9149 in a challenge if you have teenage boys or young adult boys, make sure you ask your sons what they think about him and dive a little bit into what Andrew Tate thinks because you might be surprised by how much he's influencing the younger generation today. I do, when we're talking about toxic masculinity, want to briefly hear the testimony of Angela from Bakersfield. We're letting a lady in on Gentleman's Hour today, but I think she has something very valuable to say about respect for men in light of what we've been discussing. Andrew, or sorry, Angela, welcome to Trending. Please share your experience. Um, thank you so much for having me on, by the way. Um, so, um, you know, I, I saw, uh, I've seen Andrew Tate. I just recently watched a five-hour interview with him with Patrick Bet David, and um, I'm not going to lie, some of the things that he said uh, rang very true. However, uh, didn't agree with the tone. But I will say, um, I was in a marriage, in a relationship for 20 years where <clears throat> it was a very toxic relationship, and I was married, um, and my ex-husband was an atheist, and I was a Christian, and so I really lost a lot of faith in that masculine head of the household, and after uh, going through that divorce, I met my new husband. I, I kept higher standards, and he he was Catholic, and so, you know, we fell in love, and, and I converted to Catholicism, and he has given me faith in that masculine head of the household, Um, and I've really been okay with letting him take that role and allowing him to be that head of the household, and it makes such a difference when you marry a man of faith 
and uh, you know he follows you know what God wants a man to do in the household. Amen. I, I love that testimony, and I appreciate what you shared because I agree with you, Angela. And let's talk about Andrew Tate now. So Andrew Tate, again, boxer, social media influencer, uh, has really has struck a nerve with the younger generation. I think he's a brilliant marketer. He's known how to reach young boys and men. And he, like you said, Angela, he has really struck a nerve with many people because, as you said, you watched this multi-hour-long interview with him, and some of what he said was really really relatable but his tone is awful and also he says some really awful disgusting things too and things that are outright misogynistic I think he does that in part on purpose to be social media uh, so social media clickbait Uh, but I do think again I mentioned this at the beginning of the show we live at a time in history where men are in this predicament where if you believe that there's a difference between men and women that automatically makes you a sexist so I think a lot of men men are saying Okay, so I'm a sexist, so I'm just going to sound really crass and say offensive things. And even though I'm saying some things that are true, I'm not refining my tongue. I'm just saying things that go too far, but I'm also trying to figure it out. And because I'm having a hard time figuring it out because there are a lack of models, here's what we get. Boom, Andrew Tate. So Andrew Tate is fascinating to me. If you ever get the chance to listen to him, maybe do so, but know that he can be very crass and I do not recommend listening to him around children in particular. Uh, So he was huge on TikTok, brilliant marketer. I think he poses the dichotomy of our current culture. He has an innate idea of what is right. I think all of us have an innate idea of what is right. Our human nature directs us in this. Our natural desire for God orients us to this, but we do otherwise. We don't live in accord with our nature. We have a fallen human nature as well. We have concupiscence, that is original sin. And we also live in a culture that is very vulgar. In a culture that is fallen far from knowing God, loving him, and even serving him. Some people might know God and some people might say they love him. But that whole serving God, uniting your will to God has become very difficult. So Andrew Tate is the epitome of the dichotomy of our culture, understanding innately some of the ideals, but doing otherwise. So Andrew Tate has had a major influence on teen boys and young men. He's an American-British personality. He was a professional kickboxer, influencer. Um, He says things are extremely misogynistic, but how he took off really was by saying things that spoke keenly into the lives of men. So he talks about, for example, loneliness of men and how profound that is. He talks about accountability, you know, what happens in those first few moments at the beginning of your day and having discipline. He talks about doing what you're supposed to do. He talks about not focusing on your feeling. He also talks about how essentially mind over matter, you are what you think. You know, you allow yourself to be afraid of what you think. And I think that a lot of these messages really resonate with people. But then he also speaks some profound truths about marriage and family, differences between men and women. He talks about what has always been the God-given place of a woman and the God-given place of a man. Is he talking about God? No, no. But he is talking about what we innately know as human beings, but that we're choosing to ignore or haven't had modeled to us. So I was fascinated in watching some of his videos recently. And one of his recent uh, interviews and conversations he had was with a group of young women. Uh, Women who 
had chosen not to have children and were completely focused on their careers. And so he asked them, okay, so since you're not having children, what are you going to do? And all of them are talking about, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And so he's basically trying to show what Western women believe today because one of his big arguments, and a lot of people agree with this, is that Western women are very different from other nations in the respect that other cultures that have culture very much so built into their family life, understand male-female roles, have a greater respect for the family, and even greater respect for human life. So Andrew Tate, there's this video online of Andrew Tate, quote, brutally reality-checking Western women. So all these young women are talking about what they're going to do with their lives when they don't have children. And I want to play for you just a little bit of what Andrew Tate then finally cuts in and starts to say to these women. Listen up. A life without children is, is vapious and it's inane and it's pointless. And you may sit here and think that your career matters, but the truth is that your job will fire you out of women. And when you're 52 and you're past it with no grandchildren in a house by yourself and all your friends have grandchildren in this beautiful life and you're sitting there by yourself, do you think the fact that you could afford a few extra Gucci bags is going to genuinely make you feel happy? I was at my grandmother's 93rd birthday. I looked there. My grandmother had nine children because there was my father and, and eight more. They all had a bunch of kids, blah, blah, blah. I stood there and I looked at my 93-year-old grandmother and there was a room, a whole room full with maybe 70 people that came from that one woman. Isn't that remarkable? Yeah, that man. nobody cared about her career. Nobody asked what job she did. Nobody asked how many times she went to the club. Nobody asked if she had time to go to festivals. No, you had 70 sentient beings, including myself, full of life from one woman who dedicated herself to being a mother and, and, and a good and a good wife. That is okay. beautiful. So this is a, just a glimpse of some of the truth that Andrew Tate can speak. There are also other things that I would never play on air that he says that are some of the most crass and disgusting things. And I'll just throw out there, um, Andrew Tate did get kicked off of, what was it, Big Brother, I think like six years ago maybe, uh, for a video that came out of him hitting a woman. But it, news came out that they were role-playing. It was consensual. Even the woman came out not def basically defending and saying what was going on, which again, not into that. It's whole another topic in and of itself uh, but he says cruel things about women and he has received a misogynistic rep justifiably so because he is insulting toward women and here's the clip i just played where he's being brutally honest about the fact that if you choose a career and absolutely choose to ignore having children you're going to end up in your 50s and you will not be happy he said you think you'll work through your fertile years, and then fit, hit 15, you'll be happy. You won't. And that's true. This is what the culture is saying. I just shared, this is so providential, the timing, because Jennifer Aniston is one example of this, among many. Here is this gorgeous, successful career woman who's regretting the way her marriage fell apart. Marriage is. She had no children. I think these are some of the challenges that not a lot of people are willing to brutally tell the truth about. But then Andrew Tate just becomes an absolute you-know-what and starts insulting these women that are in front of him is so vulgar that the credibility of everything he has said goes absolutely out the window. And I think that that's a challenge. It's a challenge for us to remember how important our tone is. You can have the most profound truths to speak. 
But how you deliver it and what you do in your example with the rest of your life will determine whether or not that message is both delivered well, received well, but also lived out. And this is the truth of the matter. So Andrew Tate is talking all about personal responsibility for men, accountability, the profound loneliness that men are experiencing today, the need for discipline, mind over matter. All of these things are very, very important. And I'm not able to get to them, but Frank from Chicago's on the line. He's saying that Andrew Tate really speaks and preaches messages of misogyny, but he talks more so about responsibility. Although his main views aren't Catholic, the principles and responsibilities of ownership of what he's saying are very important. And I think that's true. And I think that this is the challenge about Andrew Tate is he has a massive following. Yes, he's been deplatformed on TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. But I think there's a reason he's been deplatformed. It's not just because he's a misogynistic, insulting individual. It's because he also has a lot of truthful things to say. And if you have truth to share about differences between men and women, the innate idea of what is right and wrong, even though he's living an awful example, I mean, he clearly shows he's a drunk, he's sexually promiscuous, he talks, he's 35 years old, and he openly talks about dating 18 and 19-year-olds because he can, quote, make an imprint on them. Well, he's causing part of the problem as to why women aren't getting married. But again, there's this dichotomy. And this is the point where we are at in our culture. Young men today are looking for an example to turn toward. What does it mean to be a man? This is the question men are asking today of all ages. And they're seeking out, particularly the young are seeking out models. But the people who will model an example of masculinity to them are those who are the loudest and most frequently influencing them. And today that often means social media influencers especially because there's a lack of in-person male influencers today that resonate, that speak to young men. Andrew Tate gets right the value of the nuclear family, but he gets wrong how to get there in the respect of his tone and the way he's living his life. But I think that this is a challenge for us as a culture. We have to be able to hear the message of what people are sharing. And like many people have commented, I like a lot of what Andrew Tate says, We have to be able to think for ourselves, to be in a culture where we can take the good examples and the good words of people and allow them to resonate with us, but not allow that person's bad example or maybe improper means of getting there also influence us and become our way of living. So I really want to challenge you. If you're a follower of Andrew Tate, listen to him. Fine. But be careful with what you begin to idealize, because we are seeing a whole generation of young men right now saying, yes, I believe in the differences between men and women. Therefore, I am a misogynistic, sexist patriarch. So I am just going to be a jerk in the way I talk to and treat and interact with women. We need to show examples of true masculinity that speaks into the importance of the tone and the interactions and the virtuous relationships that we have with one another. 
So those are my thoughts on Andrew Tate. Would love to hear more of yours on social media. Up next is the Family Rosary Across America.